0: This is our third part in Contagious Christianity, and um, I'm gonna just do a little recap. Well, first of all, what, how do you be contagious? You have to have something on the inside. What are some things that are contagious? We see up here some people are laughing. You know, when people are laughing or joyful, doesn't it just get on you? You feel happy as well. You don't even know why you're happy. You're just happy because they're happy. It's a spirit. It's a thing that comes upon you, and, and then when you give it to others, they get the same thing too. So we have to be contagious about what? Christ in us, the hope of glory. If it's bubbling up on the inside of us, it, we'll talk it, we'll say it, we'll believe it, and they'll be infected as well. So here we see in Matthew, our lead scripture says, in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, it says, go ye therefore. It doesn't say sit around and wait. It doesn't say just hang out. It says go ye, not hang around ye. And do what? Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's what Sister Yolanda is doing. She's going forth into Peru. Now, we don't have to all go to a foreign country or out out of the country. But we can go ye wherever we're at. Actually, the definition of go ye, if you look at it, is to pursue the journey on which one has entered. In other words, as you're going, minister to people. You don't have to get a big, you know, pack of stuff and move to another location. As you're going to the market, as you're going on your job in your neighborhood, when you get your hair done, ladies, wherever you are, you talk about the Lord. Talk about him when you're sitting down, talking about him when you're walking by the way, when you're sitting in your, in your, when you're eating, wherever you are, you talk about the Lord. It just comes bubbling out, doesn't it? Yes. That's, true. That's true. Okay, good to pursue the journey on which one has entered to continue on one's journey as you go as you're going speak the word of god and hebrews 10:24 says and let us consider one another to provoke unto love unto good works provoke unto love not provoke to get people mad Not to, you know, you're going to go to hell. You know, you're living a bad lifestyle. You know what you're doing. You're just messing up. No, that's not provoking unto love and good works. But let's see what it says. The, The Amplified says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. We're supposed to be studying people, listening to them, watching them, seeing what they need, being an inspiration to them, filling their need with God's answer for their problem. Do you know that God has an answer for everybody's problem? Tony was sitting there saying, you know what, there's no answer here. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. But God said, I'll enrich you. I'll build you up again. Amen? So we're going to see next scripture is... We're going to spend all of our time today on how did Jesus be contagious. You want to know about that? Yes. If he did it, he showed us an example. Guess what? We should do it too. He was the forerunner. He was the groundbreaker. He was the one that went ahead of us to prepare the ground. You know, like in the forest when they're chopping down trees and stuff to make a path. Jesus did that in the spirit for us so that we can do the same thing. So he's here he's going to show us how we do it. In John 4... Verses 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through some area. And let me just take a sidelight right here. Don't you know we all got to go through some area sometime? <laughs> Areas you don't want to be, uh, have to go through. You know, maybe with your job, maybe with your family, maybe with your neighbors, your boss. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship issue. You know, maybe your finances. You got to go through some area to get the victory from God so that you can help yourself, then help others. We don't stay there. We're not continuously in, in struggle. But God says you got to go through some areas sometimes. You don't plan it. It just happens to you. All of a sudden, you know, I was the pastor, and, uh, assistant pastor at a church, and the, the good pastor left, and then the bad pastor came in. You, you ever had bad pastors? Yes. Amen. I, I'm trying to be the good pastor. <laughs> but the bad pastor came in and made my life miserable. But God had put me there, and I had to go through some area. Amen? Don't we all have to do that sometimes? So don't get discouraged if God is taking you through. You're supposed to go through. Isn't that what it says in, the, in Psalms 23? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't stay there. I move through, get the victory from God, and continue to do what God has called me to do. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so... Uh, Let's let's go to the next uh, verse. Clicker lady. There we go. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being what? Wearied from his journey. Tired. He was human. He was God, but yet he was He was tired, just like we get tired. You ever get tired? And... He sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. It was high noon in a hot country. And the woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So not only was he tired, he was hungry, and he was thirsty. You ever been there? You ever been so tired and hungry, you don't know what you're supposed to do first? You're you're too tired to eat, and you're, (laughs) you're too hungry to fall asleep, and so you don't know what to do. You ever been there? Yes. That's a crazy feeling, isn't it? Well, Jesus was that way. He was tired, hungry, and thirsty, but he knew that he had to go through Samaria to minister to witness to this woman. One woman. He had to go through some area. And so he asked the woman, "What do you do?" He didn't say, "Hey lady, do you know who I am? <laughs> I am the son of God." Who are you? No, he started with a natural conversation. He said, Give me a drink. Now, those are in the days where the women would serve the men. They would serve a stranger. Today, if you went and you told a woman, give me something to drink, what would they say? Get it yourself. Get it yourself. Right. That's not, not really. that's not true. Okay, that's not true. All right, the women are saying that's not true. I'm going to try it tonight and see how it works. <laughs> And I, I need an escort out today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away. Now, I find this amazing. Here you got the Son of God, and the disciples leave him completely alone. Isn't that something? Because Jesus knew how to take care of himself. He don't need nobody. He got it. He didn't need no armor bearer. Didn't need anything. He said, just y'all go and get some food. And you, uh, uh, I'll wait here. So, so here's the woman of Samaria, and she came by. Now, Jesus had gone; he he was going from Galilee to um, uh, from Judea to Galilee. It's about um, 70 miles walking. We can't even drive to church, okay? <laughs> oh. When's the last time you walked 70 miles, okay? He was wearied from his journey. He was in between. And this woman, to go to the well, she had to walk two miles to get to the well. They did a lot of walking in those days. Amen. No, no, I know. They could eat as many donuts as they want because they had, <laughs> could just walk it off. Okay, let's go to the next session. Then the woman of Maris, Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Why is that? Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile. The Jewish people of that area married Gentile, pagan, worshiping people. So the Jews said, we don't want to have anything to do with you all. Are we like that today? We see people that we don't like, you know, associate with and say, mm, I'm not talking to you. You need more than Jesus. Laughter <laughs> I have a lady friend, Sandra Berry Young, who is an evangelist, like Sister Yolanda, and she'll go to San Francisco, and she witnesses to all the street people, the people with the green hair and the purple hair and all this stuff coming out. I'm I'm going like, you do? She goes, yeah, here's some pictures. And here they are smiling, putting their arms around her and everything. I go, how in the world do you do that? They go, oh, they accepted the Lord. I go, you're kidding me. You know, you kind of like, when you see that, you want to walk around, you know, excuse me, guys, (laughs) keep your drugs to yourself. No, they, they... I, I might be getting in trouble here. Yeah. But anyway. But there's people that you see on your job you don't want to witness to. You know, they have attitudes, they have you know, personalities you're not really that happy with. You know, where were we a couple of years ago before we got saved? We were the most unlikely candidates for salvation, but God, yes, God used somebody to reach out to get them. So we have to do the same thing. We can't just put a wall up and say, well, you know, I'll minister to this one, but this one I don't think I will. No, God wants us to reach out. You never know who you're going to reach out to. So he broke all barriers Jesus did. First, he talked to a Samaritan woman, which they don't even talk to Samaritans. They don't want to be in the same room with them, right? Plus, she was a woman. The men didn't talk to women in those days, privately especially. And... She was a woman of ill repute. She was a castaway. That's why she was there at noon when everybody else, all the other ladies had gone in the cool of the morning. She had to wait till noontime so no one would bother her and talk to her and say, you know what? What are you doing now, girl? Why are you you coming into this well with us around here? We're holy women of God. (laughs) And and so uh, he broke all the barriers. reach out to this one woman and we're going to see how it gets intensified he starts out in the natural he just says give me something to drink because he's dealing with dead spiritual people people that aren't saved can't understand spiritual principles and so he starts out with just make a conversation just get to talking to them to find out what they're all about so that you can minister to them do you see the first step there right there just start a conversation Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. What's he, what's, she didn't get it yet, did she? She didn't understand that it was uh, a spiritual principle of having living water. She said, I don't understand it, uh, but, but, but give it to me. Or, or, or actually, he's asking her. He's saying, you know, you want the living water? You see how quickly Jesus you know, went into the spiritual, usually it takes us more time to do this. But Jesus found a need, knew that she needed two things, living water and love. And he said, if you, if you, you don't know who you're asking, you say, I'll give you a drink from living water. Why? Because she didn't want to walk two miles every day at noontime when it was hot. He was reaching her need, right? And let's see this next thing. It's the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, who, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water. Spring it up. It's an everlasting life. Amen. Spring up. You know, there's a song that she wrote about this. Do you know this, this woman wrote a song? Yes. There it is. Is BJ in the house? Yeah. BJ. BJ. Fernando, could you grab BJ for me in the back? Thank you so much. And, and uh, while she's coming, let me, uh, let me use uh, Rosie over here. Because Rosie, is this true? Is this thing, does this work? Is this a principle that... That you can employ in your own life. Yes, Pastor. yes, Pastor.
1: <laughs> okay. What
0: What have you been doing at your work?
1: I've been reaching out to my coworkers, to my friends, and and I try to find opportunities, you know, to talk to them about the Lord. Um, now that we're having Bible study, it gets a lot easier to reach out to people and say, Hey, you know, we we're having Bible study at lunch. Would you Would you like to attend? But before that. It was a little harder for me because sometimes you don't know what people's reactions are going to be. You know, you're kind of afraid of rejection. But, you know, since I've been listening to Pastor and then Pastor Tommy as well, encouraging us to reach out to others, you know, um, I've been really doing that. And um, so this young lady started working in my department. Um, She was fairly new. And the Lord impressed it upon my heart to reach out to her. But I, I didn't know quite how to do it. So on Fridays, it's just her and I that work together. It's just her and I the whole day. And so um, that one Friday, what I do on Fridays is because there's no one in the office, I use the conference room as my prayer closet. So I sit in there and I just talk to the Lord and I pray and I thank him that the week is over. And so anyway, so. that one Friday, um, we started talking, and, and uh, she says, oh, she says, what time do you start? I said, 7.30, because she starts about 8.30. I says, so you just start right up as soon as you get her? I said, you know, actually, no. I, I said, I, I go into the conference room, I sit, and I sit there, and I Pray to God. I said, and I thank him for the week. And, and so anyway, I started sharing with her and, and right away her eyes lit up and she, she had this great need, um, to talk about God with me. She says, how funny. She says, you're mentioning this to me. She says, I, I've been going through some things with my husband. And she says, I've been thinking that I want to go back to church. So anyway, that started a whole thing with her. She's accepted the Lord. Um, she's in Bible study. Um, but I found that opportunity right away. I said, I got it find a way to talk to her about God. And that was a perfect opportunity. And then about two weeks later, we had a lady from Sacramento come to train us. And um, uh, she was there for two days. And so one of the days that she was there, we were having our Bible study. So I said, Hmm, how can I ask her you know, and see if she wants to join us? So um, right before lunch, she came over to my desk. And, and um, she says, oh, you guys have so many shopping centers. here. you have Target and Walmart? I said, yeah. I said, no, we have Hobby Lobby. And she goes, Oh, I love Hobby Lobby. She says, They have so many beautiful, you know, Christian plaques. I said, Oh, I said, Are you Christian? She's like, As a matter of fact, yeah. She says, I, I just uh, converted from being Catholic to Christian. And so from there on, I said, Hey, you know, we're having Bible study today. Want to join? She says, Sure, I'll come with you. So, you know, I try to find opportunities to reach out and talk to people about the Lord. and And I think we can all do that. You know, we just have to be confident. And like Ivory said yesterday, God-fident.
0: Yes. Godfident. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, I, I I think you're very contagious, Rosie. You you you're very dangerous, you know. On your job, in your neighborhood, wherever you go. But this woman, she didn't know about this uh, fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And uh, but but she wrote a song about it. And and we still sing it today, and I think BJ still knows it, right? PJ? Yeah. Okay. How does it go?
2: It goes like this. <laughs> no. You guys, help me up.
3: I've got a river of life flowing out of me, cause the lame to walk and the blind to see, open prison doors, set the captives free. I've I got, got a river of life, life flowing. Out everybody, ready, here we go. Spring, spring up, up a well. Well. oh well. Are you guys in? Spring up. Within, within my, my soul. Spring up, oh well. well. And make me whole, spring, spring up, up, oh well. It's spring springing up. Thank and give to me a life more abundantly.
2: Woman, Spring up, oh well. I'm trying to get them spring up within myself. My Come on, spring up.
3: Spring, spring up, up, oh well, <laughs> uh oh. And make me whole, spring, spring up, up, oh well. And give to me a life more abundantly.
0: All right. How many of you believe that that woman wrote that? Or we wrote it just recently. Anyway, it fits, right? So the woman said to her, to him, clicker person, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She said, I don't understand what you're talking about, but you know what? Go ahead. Give it to me. Give it to me. (laughs) It's like my wife was going to pick me up on Friday and uh, we, she works in a building across the way and we carpool, so I wait for her to come pick me up. And uh, so this woman was walking across the driveway and she was going real slow, you know. <laughs> I go, what, what's, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> it's your back, your leg, your knees, what is it? She says, it's, it's my back. And I go, oh, come over here. Let me pray for you. She said, oh, you know, I want to tell you, I've had such a wonderful experience. I was at a conference the other day. I go, my wife's going to pick me up in five minutes, okay? Can you just come over here? I don't have time to discuss this. I said, I, I'm a pastor, and I pray for people with backs in situations like that, so just hop up here. And, and she goes, can I give you a testimony first? I said, no, no testimonies, no nothing. We're just going to pray and let God heal you, okay? Okay, yes, okay. So we prayed. God healed her. My wife came up. I go, goodbye. I'll see you later. I'm out. So this woman, is. she didn't understand everything. I didn't have to go through all, well, you know, I've been studying and learning about the healing of God and I prayed for him. Just get up here and get healed, okay? The woman, Jesus said, just, just, you want the water or not? <laughs> he said, come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband. This is so interesting. Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. But Jesus said to her, you have well said. Isn't that, he's complimenting her. You, 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 you well said. That you said that well. You don't have any husbands. He didn't say, you know what? You're right because you know you've been living in sin. You know you're just disgusting. You know you're, (laughs) you're in the nostrils of God. You know you just, just a. No. He said, you have well said. For you had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. And that you spoke truly. Here he is again, complimenting her. You spoke truly. So she had five husbands, and the one she has now is not her husband. How many does that make? Six. Six. This girl is like the Palestinian uh, Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, this girl's... She is collecting husbands all over the place, right? God knows if, she, if Jesus didn't meet her, he, she would have broke Elizabeth Taylor's record. Believe me. So the woman said to him, Sir... I perceive that you're a prophet. All of a sudden, she got, he got her. Now she's going spiritual. Now she's saying, I perceive you're a prophet because you're telling me all the things that I've been doing in my life. What has she been doing? Looking for love in all the wrong places. I had a woman come to my desk, and, and we were, I was talking to her about Jesus, and she was, her heart was, that I, I can't have a baby I just want to have a baby. And I said, the Lord can do that for you. I showed her in scriptures and I talked with her. She began to cry and weep where she couldn't even talk. She had to leave and go uh, to her own desk. And I I, I came to her again, I said, you know, are you okay? She goes, I just, I can't, I can't receive it right now, but you know, I know that, you know, you touched my heart. So that's like a seed that's been planted that I have to keep going back and watering and making sure that, you know, that, that God is still working on her because the Holy Ghost, he'll, he'll hound them, you know? They'll be thinking about the things that you say. And so uh, she said, I perceive that you're a prophet. And then she asked this question, I'm just gonna relay it to you right here. She asked this question, you know, the, the Jews say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, but our fathers say we're supposed to worship here. Where do you say we should worship? You know how people put excuses up all the time? You want to get them saved. Well, what about the people that are in Africa that don't know about the Lord? And what what about the churches that you know do this and that? You know, you can't get caught up in that. Jesus didn't get caught up in that. He said, You know what? The time is coming, the now time is now. That those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Doesn't matter where you worship, it's how you worship. With spirit and in truth, with the Holy Spirit ministering through you, talking to the Father with the Word of God. Amen? so she said, you know what, you, 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 you bad. She said, well, when, when the Messiah comes, he's gonna tell us all things. And you know what Jesus said to her? I am he. You're talking to him right now. This is something he didn't tell the Pharisees, the Sadducees, but he revealed it to this woman who was of ill repute. He poured out his heart and his soul to her, and she got ministered to, amen? The disciples came and, uh, back to the woman and they said, You know, why are you talking to this woman? Well, they didn't say it. They thought it. But they wouldn't dare come against the master. And so he said, you know what? They said to him, get something to eat. You want to eat something now? We've been over here. We got the fish. We got the, the loaves and everything. And he said, you know what? No, my meat is to do the will of God. My nourishment, my food, my energy comes from doing the will of God. Who did he minister to? Thousands? No. One person. One person. He said, I got filled. I don't need to eat. I'm not thirsty. I'm not tired. Come on. Let's have church. Yeah. You guys don't do that at home? No. You know, someone told me if you can find it in the Bible, you can have it in your life. So I said, Lord, I want to know that feeling where you're filled with the Holy Spirit so much that you're not tired or hungry or thirsty. So one time we were ministering at the old church, and the Lord came upon me, and I was ministering to people, and then we went out to eat afterwards with some friends. And sure enough, it came upon me. I wasn't tired, hungry, or thirsty. I couldn't even drink a glass of water. Why? Because when you're filled, you're filled. You can't put anything else in there. So if any of you are going to eat today, I'm going to know that you're not completely filled. I I asked this lady that was at the Azusa Street Revival, actually her mother, when she got filled with the Spirit. I asked her, well, what was it like? She said, my mother didn't eat for three days. All she did was pray. She couldn't stop praying. She got filled. And she said, when I got filled, when my mother showed me, I couldn't eat for a day and a half. So there is the possibility that when you're filled with God, you don't have bad thoughts, you don't have any natural fleshly urges, but God will take control of you and possess you, amen? amen. This is something that we have to do. And uh, I want to show you again in a, in a little illustration on how we're supposed to make connections with, with God, I mean with people through God. So Patricia's gonna come up here and, and help us. Just a little practical in, inspiration to give you an idea on how you're supposed to just start a conversation. Oh, you have to use this right here, dear, because we want to record it. Where are you going to be? All right, where? Get on this. Okay, OK, there you go. All right. Praise the Lord. We're standing in line at a grocery store, OK?
4: And he has a bag of dog food in his hands. Sir, that's a big bag of dog food you have there. You have a dog? <laughs> Sir? Hi.
0: Yeah. Hi. 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 hi, hi. Hi.
4: That's a big bag of dog food you have there. You have a dog?
0: Of course I have a dog. What do you think? I'm going to eat this myself?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a pretty dumb question. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of dog do you have?
0: I got a Cocker Spaniel. Cocker Spaniel.
1: Oh,
4: that's that's nice. It's
0: a cute little dog. Cute little dog.
4: Ah, what's her name?
0: Lady, lady, lady's name.
4: Oh, that's a nice name. Mm -hmm. Like Lady and the Tramp, huh?
0: Yeah, my my son, he named it after the movie Lady and the Tramp.
4: Ah, I see, I see. Sir? Yeah. Hi. Hi, hi. Are you still here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Your dog, yeah. your, your, do- your son's a dog, but you're buying the food, huh?
0: Yeah, you know, that's how it goes, isn't it? You know, it's my son's dog. They make promises, you know, we'll take care of it. I'll pick up the poop and I'll buy the food and all that. But, but that's okay because he's a cute dog. He's a good companion. I like him.
4: Yeah, I understand. I have a dog, too, and he's a good friend and a good companion also. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I have another um, friend and, and a wonderful companion. Yeah. Yeah, who's and that? That's Jesus. Jesus is my greatest companion and my biggest friend.
0: But I thought Jesus was in heaven.
4: Well, he is. But when you receive Jesus in your heart, he comes and brings a, the Holy Ghost into your heart, and he helps you with you know all your, you know companion and love and you really? know all the, your needs. Yes. Oh wow, that
0: sounds interesting. I'd I like to hear more about that.
4: Well, let's check out and we'll go up to the front and we'll talk about it.
0: Okay, sounds great. Thanks, thanks. That's how you do it. Hey. Wasn't that easy? You just start talking, even if they don't want to talk. <laughs> But you kind of you, you use something, you know, I was a salesman, and they say when you go into a buyer's office, you look at their desk to see what kind of pictures they have. If they have pictures of their sons playing baseball, you just mention, oh, uh, your son plays baseball. I went into, uh, my, when my son was working at World Vision, his boss, he introduced me to him, and I, I started looking at the pictures and started talking about the pictures, and my son says, how did you stay in there so long talking to him? He never talks to anybody. You, you gotta talk to him about what they like to talk about. And you know what? We have something to give people. We have an ulterior motive. We have something to give to them that they really, really need. And we shouldn't be ashamed to mention what God has for them, is that right? Yes. God has something for them that you wanna give to them. So don't be afraid, don't be timid, don't be shy, don't apologize. You've got something good to share with them, and they will be rewarded for it. So I think B.J. also has another song to encourage us to not be ashamed.
2: Praise the Lord. Can I just give a very quick testimony? I have a lot of people around me right now that are, are not serving the Lord, but you know I always tell them, don't get it twisted, this one is. And um, One thing I always tell people is, uh, well, I don't know what works for you, but here's what what works for me. And that way there's no intimidation there. You're not throwing Jesus down their throat and you're meeting them right where they are. And I had a young lady, her daughter had fallen on the schoolyard and and broke her her elbow and was supposed to be in a cast for six weeks. And so I said, hey, I said, would you mind? Um, I really am concerned about your daughter. Would you mind if I prayed for her? And she said, Oh, sure. Two days later, her daughter got the cast off. Oh. Hmm. So, what will happen is, if you, when you target someone and you begin to pray for them, God will start to date them. Yeah. And He will begin to answer prayers. And she's walking around now. This unsafe person said, Yeah, Barbara prayed, and Jesus healed my daughter's arm. And Barbara, and she said she was in the supermarket the other day. And these people came up to her out of nowhere and told her that Jesus loved her. And she came back to me crying. I couldn't believe that happened. They came to me and they said Jesus loved me. And I said, didn't I tell you Jesus? She said, yeah, now I believe it. Amen. Because he will confirm what he's doing. So I always tell people what I have. And if you like me, then you'll like who I have. Amen? Amen. That was my quick testimony. Praise God.
3: We're an anchor for those who are hurting. And we're a harbor for those who are lost. Sometimes it's not always easy bearing Calvary's cross. Now we've been ridiculed by those who don't know him And mocked by those who don't believe Still I love standing up for my Jesus Because of all that he's done for me That's why I am not ashamed of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, I am not afraid to be counted, and I'm willing to give my life See, I'm ready to be all he wants me to be. I'll I'll give up what's wrong for what's right. No, I am not ashamed of the gospel. No, I am not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ for every moment his hand has held mercy for all the love that he's shown all my life a simple thanks doesn't say how i'm feeling well i get tears in my eyes so as for me i gotta keep on believing and that one who's been so faithful To me, I'm not out to please this whole world around me because I've got my mind on eternity and that's why I am not ashamed of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, I am not ashamed to be counted. And I'm willing to give my life. See, I'm ready to be all he wants me to be. I'm going to give up what's wrong for what's right. No. I am not ashamed of the gospel, no, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, I am not ashamed of the gospel. No, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because I've got too much behind me to let this world blind me. To some, he's a name. But to me, he's my enemy. I am not ashamed, no, I am not ashamed, I'll tell it everywhere I go, no, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Well, the Lord wants us to be contagious. Amen? Amen. Father, I just thank you for those that are here. I thank you, Lord, that you empower us to be contagious, to spread your life and your love to others that are around us. I empower these people to do it, and I give you all the praise, glory, and honor. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.